the light is on. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Burning Issue. I'm your host, Azid Kamaldin, and of course, regularly through. Um, yeah, education, by the way, is the focus of this evening. So one of the biggest conversations in the public domain recently has been a viral video of a San Susi high school teacher slapping a learner in the classroom following an altercation. A disciplinary hearing is currently underway at the school, and both the educator and learner have laid counter charges of assault against each other. You may have been following the story, dear listener. In Cape Town, violence in the classroom has become the norm. Teachers have to deal with learner-on-learner violence, drug abuse, gangsterism, but also aggression from rebellious learners who refuse to cooperate. In most cases, educators are not equipped to deal with antisocial behavior. The San Susi video has certainly opened up a much bigger conversation about discipline in schools and what educators have to deal with in the South African classroom. Tonight on Burning Issue we ask the question, are teachers losing authority in the classroom? Should they reclaim their place in the classroom? What should be done about learners who are rebellious? Well, that's our burning question tonight, and we have a myriad of guests who will join us on the show. You are, of course, welcome to contribute as well. Our on-air number is 021-442-3530. You can also send us a WhatsApp to the number 072-238-0712. In studio, let's welcome our guests. We have Alex Dabisha. He's a retired teacher and a former principal at Heatherdale Primary School for 25 years, and he's currently a lecturer at the Cape Peninsula University of technology. Good evening. Good evening. Hi. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Yeah? yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear that. We also have Moad Khabir. He is the convener of the Education Subcommittee at the Progressive Professionals Forum in the Western Cape. Moad, welcome to Burning Issue. Uh, thank you, Yazid. Shukran. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in. Yeah. So, um, we'll also have a number of other guests, you know, who are involved in the education sector. Um, what we'd like to get to now is of course the issue at hand is San Susi. What is your opinion on this guys? Mr. Tabish, can go first. Yeah. Uh, well I uh, am not geared to discuss that particular clip. Uh, uh, what concerns me are, are, the, are the things that resonate from uh, the, I don't know if all the information is in but there's evidence of uh, bias and uh, a build-up towards, the, it wasn't an isolated incident, there was a definite build-up towards what happened and it was very unfortunate. At the moment, uh, that's about the only uh, thing I'm, I'm going to say about that. Yeah, okay, cool. Is that is that your, your opening comments on this topic? Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that we have to uh, use that as a basis for the discourse, I think. Okay. Maath, do you have any comments on the matter? I mean, what, yeah. what are your thoughts? Uh, look, uh, what, what we saw, and again, sort of working in, in, in the vacuum of, of that video clip itself, um, you know, we... <laughs> and and I, <laughs> I think yeah, you have to tread quite lightly, um, is that at the end of the day, there was the, the, the relevant bits is that the teacher slapped the child <laughs> out of anger um, in her face, which is essentially assault um, on a minor. I think that, that the, the issues that, that perhaps led up to that uh, and the contributing factors and essentially around the, the fact that, I mean, in, in my view, anyways, it, it appears that the teacher herself has lost control of the of the classroom in that particular instance and lost control of the situation specifically. Um, the escalation from, from the, the back and forth in terms of the verbal the verbal disagreement and you know having looked at it, the child actually didn't didn't respond until the teacher actually sort of engaged and told it to, and violently pulled the desk back. And we can we can dispute how violent it was, but I mean the, the physical act of removing the desk and then the pulling the desk back, you know, the situation had gotten sort of out of control. Yeah. I mean I think the basic question is um, this isn't really about right or wrong. This is more about the governance of, of, of what governs a school, right? I mean, this is not a, a, a child-parent relationship. This is a school, in, this is a public environment. Could, you know? could, could I just interrupt there? Yeah. Uh, when I looked at the clip, I looked at it a couple of times because colleagues sent it to me and one colleague's comment was, God help us all. When I unpack the situation, I find it very ironic that one of the issues 
that was mentioned in the clip is the teacher pointing out that cell phones are not allowed at school. Okay. And that was part of the issue, the visible issue we could see in the clip. But it's so ironic that at the same time, this is so well filmed at the time. Somebody is using a cell phone while the teacher is applying the rule of no cell phones. And that's an irony, I think, which needs to be unpacked. Okay, so the rules were broken, is that what you mean? The rules were definitely broken, yes. Okay, okay. So when we talk about um, the, uh, the, the, um, the rules of the classroom then, so does that justify though, like smacking someone? No, I'm not discussing the justification of smacking. Violence is out. What I'm saying is that a child doesn't just join a school and start trouble. A child buys into the mission. The child buys into the rules of the school. The child buys into constitutional rights. Mm-hmm. Now, the minute those rights are in Afrikaans geskind, mm-hmm. then we have... What is geskind? It means it's been broken. Okay. The trust has yeah. been broken. Uh-huh. And teaching basically is a question, I think, of trust. Uh-huh. And somewhere along the line, the teachers lost each other. The teacher and the child lost each other because there's also an inference in the clip that there was a, a run-up in terms of other language used and swearing alleged. So I don't know whether I can make an informed judgment just on the visual clip. Okay. Look, I mean, obviously, we're not just talking about the clip tonight. We're talking broadly about um, the Sa- issue thank of, you for of, that, of yes. violence in in schools, yes. you know, and particularly the relationship between teacher and learner, because that is what's it. Yeah. You know. Uh, yes, it, I think there's a um, what Mr. Tavisha has now just actually mentioned that there's a there's a code of conduct for students, but there's also a code of conduct for 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 educators, mm-hmm. and I think that when you when you when you understand that both parties have a responsibility, the educator and the learner, have a responsibility to each other. There has to be a condition A that is allowing for learning to take place, but also one that allows for teaching to take place. And those two things have to work hand in hand with one another. There has to be, in fact, yesterday I was at a meeting in uh, Hederfeld with the Deputy Minister of Education um, that was hosted by by Satu, uh, specifically around the issue of, of, of school safety. And school safety includes classroom safety. I mean, it's it's sort of the the broader the broader topic is 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 school safety and the influence of gangsterism, weapons free, drug free zones. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, where's the where does the, the the authority lie? I mean, when we look at classroom safety, classroom safety includes. I mean, there, there's a term that that teaches and that is in the code of conduct. When we send our kids to school, which is in loco parentis, in loco parentis means you are the parent of the child in that classroom. Okay. Right. Guys, we're going to go for a break. We have to go for an ad break. Yeah. Let's go for an ad break. I'm getting lots of WhatsApps already. Come back to the burning issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldi. And this evening we are talking about violence at schools. Of course, our reference point is a recent video that had circulated on social media that showed a Sansusi teacher and one of the learners or students in the classroom in an altercation. And as mentioned earlier in the show, a disciplinary hearing is currently underway at the school and both the educator and learner have led counter charges of assault against each other. I'm now going to acknowledge the WhatsApp messages that have been coming through. Shukran, of course, listeners, as usual, for your input to the show. Listener 2132 says, I feel teacher's job is done at three, so let the parents come watch the children for detention. You have a life as a teacher, and they must respect it, even if the parent must take off work. And then it also says, um, how for how long should that teacher tolerate this behavior? Then we also have a message from listener 0905 saying, the fact that the classroom incident was recorded, could it be that it was staged by some learners so as to provoke the teacher? And then listener 4506 says, learners have disrespect for teachers who take charge after their parents fail to instill manners. 
The department takes sides of unruly brats and teachers lose their job if they point out department failures to respond to legitimate security and bad learners' concerns. Being a teacher today is not a calling anymore but a curse as you get shoved by department, parents, student governing body and spoiled brats. Who is willing to stand up against the Department of Education as they fuel the fire that already costs jobs of decent principals and dedicated teachers? Now just quickly to say that the views expressed in this program are not the views of the voice of the Cape, its management or staff. We do of course encourage all people to express their opinions on a burning issue every week in a bid to find solutions and a way forward. Um, and just to remind you that you are welcome to give us a call. The live on your number is 0214-423530. The WhatsApp line is 072-238-0712. Let's go back to our guests in studio. We have Alex Tabisha. Tabisha. Tabisha, Mr. Tabisha. Yes. <laughs> I want your advice on something. You've been a primary school teacher for 25 years. But before I ask your question, we'll ask you the question. Let's quickly also welcome Alison February. She's deputy president of the Progressive Principals Association and also the principal at Melton Rose Primary in East River. Alison, good evening. Welcome to Burning Issue. Hi, good evening. And it's not Melton Rose Primary, it's Melton Primary. Just Melton. Okay. Just Melton, yes. Fantastic. Thank you. So, yeah, look, um, let's ask Mr. Tabisha and let's also ask our other guests. Um, what advice would you give to the teacher? Alison, what if this was one of your teachers at your school? Unruly behavior in the classroom. A learner who may have a history of disrupting the classroom. What advice do you give that teacher in this situation? Ach, um, we have... Um, there's a lot of that you can say about uh, what a teacher must do. But you must see discipline as... Uh, there's a role for the teacher. There's a role for something for the for the educator. I mean, for the educator, for the learner, for the parent, and WCG comes in place. So uh, there there should be policies for all four um, of these um, dimensions within discipline. And with regards to the teachers, you know, um, the teacher is the boss of of his or her class. Teachers should become prepared to school. You know, they should be on time at school. A lot of times you speak about the discipline of the learner, the code of conduct of the learner, but there should be a code of conduct for, for, for educators as well. Because educators, I mean, you are demanding respect in your class, and you will, if you demand respect, you will get respect uh, in your class. Should You should have your own, you should, in your classroom, you should tell the teachers, the, the learners, they should know, what does my teacher expect of me in the classroom, you know, um, what does she want from me, you or she, what does she want from me, uh, how should I behave, there should be clear-cut roles in the classrooms, my yes should be yes and my no should be no, you know, my yes shouldn't be different if the, if the um, chairperson's daughter or son is in my class, so yeah, they, um, they should be positive, they should be firm, they need to come to school prepared because learners will only be happy if they are allowed to, uh, you know, so because often we ask ourselves why are certain kids performing in certain educators' class and not in, in, in others. So um, there should be clear-cut structures in place in class, clear boundaries. As an educator, you should let them know what your expectations of them are in class, and not in somebody else's class, but in your own class. And, okay, um, so based on that, hello? based on that, could one assume that this teacher did not have a clear framework for the classroom? Because then it sounds like it's the it's the teacher's fault. The teacher should have had clear guidelines on behavior in the classroom, you know. Or I mean, how does one even deal with a, with a learner who doesn't even want to respect the rules of the classroom? We'll give everyone a chance to respond. Your policies, your school policies, comes in place because the, the, the school should have, you know. Um, clear-cut policies on the uh, code of conduct and 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 they should have the 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 support of the WCED but these policies cannot operate on its on on its own you know you need to look at at the code of conduct for both educators and learners um you should look at 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 your values program that you have in school you should look at your involvement of your SGB with regard to discipline I like that um, I like all of this Alison Alison I like all of this but it sounds very theoretical I want us to go to a practical situation a practical situation here is 
a learner and a student and, and a teacher at an altercation what is the i mean all of this is theory we must have this we must have the guidelines we must have the codes but what do you say to that teacher stressed out everyday learners are not obeying the classroom l- rules the learners are coming they they're disrupting the class what do you say to this teacher you know how, how do you even help this teacher as a principal yeah, as a principal, I call my teachers and then I speak to them. I try to play a supportive role, you know, and try to motivate them and also refer them, um, you know, to, to WCED's wellness program. But the reality of the school is that that that, uh, that discipline is it's, it's getting out of hand at school. And, and def- uh, sometimes there is, um, you know, if I ask myself the question, does WC give enough support? And, and, um, I would say yes and no because they have policies and things in place, but there should be more. They, at our schools, in our schools in the poorest of the poor area, I mean, we need on-site support at school. For, with, for instance, for example, school, um, social workers. We need to have smaller classes. We need to have more teachers at school. We need to have better infrastructure. I can go on and on. We have to need better safety at school because we, those are all the things that that that, um, that speaks to discipline. Okay, we have some other guests as well in the studio. Do you want to respond to... I think, Yazid, you, 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 uh, trading on, on, on Verified, you, you, you're making a number of assumptions. I think that, as, as uh, Alison has, has mentioned, that a teacher that, has, that is prepared, a teacher that is organized, a teacher that, is, um, that has the respect of a classroom and sets these boundaries, has teachers walk into a classroom with an implied authority. But that authority is not a blank check for them to do as they please. There are uh, certain guidelines that they have to follow and there's, there's a practice called classroom management. You identify and students will be I mean in, in a classroom of, of 30 or 35 kids, you're going to find uh, X number of A students, X number of B students and, and, and this is just the norm. You're going to find the well-disciplined ones and you're going to find the unruly ones. How do you as a teacher or how does any teacher find the mechanism to deal with the whole class and to reach every single one of it. What typically happens, and, and, and this is part of the, the discussion that, that, that we tend to find, is that classroom and teachers speak to each other and they say, this child is a difficult child in my class. It might not be the child's issue. Is that the way that the teacher addresses the child who engages with that particular child, that child has now become victim of a teacher which now speaks in the, in the staff room that the next teacher that that child sees already has this child labeled as I need to keep an eye on you or I need to do something about you or I'm going to nip you in the butt as opposed to allowing and, and, and which means that this child then sits in a, in a, in a more, even more vulnerable position where she's no longer or he or she is no longer able to express themselves and yes you're going and then we want to I mean even further we tend to find now that the, that the go-to is you've got ADD or you've got ADHD in the old days and Mr. Tabisha will, will I'd like to bring Mr. Tabisha yes I was just going yeah. to say that yeah. one of the things that when I was younger not many years ago then I was just token. Now we want to give them Ritalin. We want to do uh, 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 wellness things. We, we got. I got hiding. But we were also. You had teachers that were that were taking the the corporal punishment as it was referred to. I seen uh, teachers punch a child with a fist. Yeah, well, I, I now, don't think those that's... Those were back in the... Mm-hmm. What I'm saying yeah. is, this is yeah. no different. I want to give someone else a sure. chance, please. Um, Mr. Derbyshire, uh, I look, you've been in the business for 20, for like a long time. Over 60 years, yeah. Right. What, what advice w- do you have to a teacher who is sitting with an unruly learner or who is sitting in a classroom and you can pull the microphone closer to you? I mean, we are looking at both sides, okay? We are talking now to the teacher. Instead of slapping the child, you should have had an alternative. What do you tell this teacher? Uh, what I would like to point out at the risk of alienating listeners is that we can't compartmentalize and say that the situation in the classroom now needs to be at, uh, attended to. This is like closing the stable after the horse is gone. We need a synchronicity which starts in the nuclear family where a parent tells a child you are going to school and clearly outlines why he is going. And that way the teacher has a subliminal support system, unofficial not statutory but the parent which we in the jargon call the first epistemic encounter the child learns everything in the first year of his life without a book or a google or anything what's up he knows where his food is he knows what he can and can't do and when that system is 
perpetuated in the teacher taking the child and, I'm sorry, parent taking the child to the teacher and telling the teacher, if he misbehaves, you've got me on your side. The problem that comes up immediately is that we have single parent uh, units. Then for the teacher, the teacher needs to know that he or she has the full backing of the whole educational system for her safety, physical, psychic, emotional, intellectual, curricular safety. The teacher must be backed up, not seen as a victim. The teacher has a right to be in the class. She made a choice. And if the child cashes in on children's rights, and I hope we get to that, because I think the child must be taught that you do have rights, but you all, uh, and, uh, and the rights are you can't be slapped, you can't be called names, you can't be do, uh, we tell them what they can do, but we never tell them that it's also your right to be present, it's also your right to be polite, it's also your right to be studious, it's also your right to listen. And then the next step would be that the principal must not sit there and call in the cavalry after the fact. Children go to school to be taught and often go home in body bags. That's a tragedy. That mustn't happen. It means there's a breakdown in the synchronicity between home, school and aftercare. And if we have scholar patrols, why not moral patrols to make the children safe on their way to, to the house? Why not follow up where teachers are involved with with after-school activities which are which can be remunerated or can involve parents. And why do the schools empty at three and nothing else happens in that school? Let's go back to some of the WhatsApp messages. Now, of course, just to reiterate that these are the views of listeners and not the management or staff of the Voice of the Cape. Um, listener 5704 says, um, how many teachers have already been stabbed or beaten with brooms and you don't hear anything about it? Um, well, I don't know about that, but... Yeah, um, and then also this listener says, my daughter is in grade R, and already they don't have respect. Then listener 4506, who has sent quite a few messages already, says, the learner knew that teacher wanted to confiscate the phone, but she wanted to create a scene, and she definitely was deserving a wake-up slap to put her into place. That's just an opinion. Um, I think we should maybe talk about the rules of the classroom and mobile phones, right? I mean, surely a teacher should have rules in a classroom about mobile phones. Um, listener 6925 says, Why is it that people who don't teach have so much to say when they have no idea how diligent some of us are? I consider myself a very organized educator, hence the fact that I chose to teach abroad like so many other teachers. Learners are rude and disrespectful. We have 45 learners in a class of which 25 are intervention learners. It's educators' duty to discipline all day. What is an intervention learner? Do you know? What, what is an intervention learner? I don't know what that is. No. Okay. It also says, um, then listener 0796 has sent in a message saying, I also have a question regarding school abusing its authority regarding the code of conduct. My son attends an Islamic school and on countless occasions I received call calls that his haircut does not conform to their rules or mainly to their personal rule and the child has to lose out a full day's education and my child is a victim in this regard and then listener 3752 says we have a high school principal in Maitland each morning he drives around and catches those learners buying drugs and the police is a f okay anyway message is a bit confusing we as residents support this man daily kids do the same and more and more are caught the principal catches them, we salute you, Mr. Principal. That's quite hectic. A principal needing to drive around to catch learners who are buying drugs. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of information that's come, that's come through. But just to touch on the main points, the cell phone usage in classrooms, surely that should not be a thing. No, no, I, I agree with you. Look, I mean, there's a there's a code of conduct at, at I think at pretty much all schools for, for, for learners that prohibits the use of cell phones in, in the classroom. Um, I think that we, we we've lost sight of, of, of that. I mean, they, there has to be there are rules, but I think that that I just want to touch on something that that uh, listener said is that um, that almost like this thing was staged that the student this incident only reverted to a cell phone when the teacher reached for the when the student was told that they're going to fetch the uh, one of the dead of discipline of that school, and they, she then said, "I'm going to call my mother." And that is when the cell phone was reached. But there was already two or three minutes of this in, of this engagement yes. prior to the cell phone had 
prior to the cell phone even being present. I mean, so the fact that there's a video means it was other, there there was other cell phones else. in but the again, classroom. Is yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a code of conduct, and then I think that are these things being brought in? And Mr. Tavisham mentioned this. I think you, you have a breakdown of society that students running around in the morning buying drugs. When, when we were taken to school by hand or, or, take, or walk to school, there was a society around us that ensured that we got to school safely. Now, when you have, as Mr. Tavish has mentioned, the breakdown of, of general society that there are single parent families, parents who are not around, parents who are not, who maybe don't maybe pay attention to what the kids are doing. This is not the responsibility of a principal to be doing this. You as the parent must take that responsibility and say, I'm making sure that your child or my child is in school on time, ready to go. Yeah, we have to go for a break. We have a lot more to discuss. Alison, after the break, I'd like to bring you in to talk about haircuts and cell phone usage. This all ties into the rules of a school. But let's go for a break. So this evening we are looking at um, discipline and uh, in fact also violence unfortunately at schools and we are working or rather we are asking people who are in the education sector you know how do we move away and how do we move forward to find a balance you know between managing the unruly learner managing the problems that come within the classroom but also refraining from smacking a child in the face, you know, because nobody deserves to be treated violently. I mean, I think we can use that as a starting point. The idea of being beaten is something in the past. You know, I mean, even, for example, um, uh, even in sometimes in personal spaces, people don't just beat another child. They'd be like, tell the parent and the parent should discipline the child. I think this is kind of like a common understanding now, right? But now, um, Alison, before the break, I would have I asked you around how, you know, you as a principal at Melton Primary in Easter River deals with, for example, the rules that govern your school. You know, I mean, we've heard from people from learners using cell phones in classrooms. We've heard from another parent saying the principal is discriminating against my child because they're saying the haircut isn't appropriate. Um, you know, do you allow cell phone? Do you allow learners to have cell phones in the classroom, Alison? Our policy at school is very clear. We don't allow um, 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 cell phones at school, uh, although there are teachers when um, one or two teachers when they need the kids to to bring cell phones for. Uh, for research purposes, um, then it's arranged with a parent. Uh, with regards to haircuts, um, we don't allow these funny haircuts at, at school because with a haircut, with a funny haircut, comes come a different attitude with the learners. And I mean, um, for me, it's clear the code of conduct should come into into place here because the governing body is a legal entity, and if if if, if your if your rules are in the in the in the code of conduct and adopted by the ECB and parents, then it should stand as a rule at your school because. The code of conduct needs to be a working document, and what is stipulated in there should be operational at school. Uh, for example, if the attention classes is 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 your first step of intervention with regards to disciplinary um, discipline at your school, then it should happen. Educators should not want to submit or get the attitude of I'm not going to submit names for for detention classes because I don't want to stay after school. They need to be on board, the SGB digital board, they need to be fully capacitated with regards to discipline. And and uh, just to mention too, uh, something that, that, that bothers me now is that um, Yes, the kids are, um, we, we have challenges at school. We have often, like I said, uh, there's no alignment between the community and the school in terms of values. There's total and utter disrespect for teachers at school. Uh, they are ill-disciplined, there's a lack of communication, uh, but there's also ill-equipped teachers. Teachers are not prepared, like I said. Uh, you know, teachers that need to be retrained with regards to, 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 to um, classroom management because the novice teachers that come to school, I mean, when we were at the college, we were trained how to deal with discipline, but they're not trained. They can't. They, they are so um, hit, hit with the reality when they step into the classroom for the first time. You know, there's lack of parental involvement, lack of, of values that it comes from home. And something that someone mentioned earlier, um, one of you guys sitting there, is... 
that um, they spoke about the different learners that were having class. Yes, and then we as teachers, we know these different learning styles. Then we as teachers need to revisit different teaching styles and how to stimulate these learners with these different teaching styles. We have to evolve with time, you know. And then we have schools. Um, I'm talking a lot now, but I'm just mentioning the things that, uh, uh, if I think about my own school, is that often discipline or ill discipline happens at school where, where there's no sport or extramural activities. Now, are we creating an environment for learners to, to prosper and to excel, or do we create an environment for learners to be disruptive? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's welcome onto the show Irfan Abrams. He is someone who was involved in discipline at a school. Irfan, are we mentioning the name of the school that we used to work? Welcome to Burning Issue. Lovely listening to you, Yazid, and um, being part of the show. Yes, I was head of discipline at um, Al-Azhar High School last year. And um, it was one of, after 24 years of teaching, it was one of the more interesting as well as challenging years that I've had in the in, in the field of, of teaching, Yazid. What does a, a head of discipline, what does that entail? Well, um, uh, at the, the what really it entails is that at the end of the day, um, issues that um, you know teachers bring up, and that can be a broad uh, spectrum of issues from um, learners being ill-disciplined in the classroom, late coming. Um, you talk about um, the work not completed, assignments not done, and um, it goes up to the real um, hard issues of maybe smoking at school. The, what we're speaking about. Um, the policies of the code of conduct uh, are learners transgressing that or not? Um, but does the head of discipline? But does the head of discipline have to form a guideline for teachers or listen to complaints from teachers? What is the the, the actual job entail? Well, uh, what it doesn't tell is that every educator would always try and solve the issues internally. Um, if they can with um, the respective learner. If it is a, a rather serious issue, and here we're talking about um, uh, real disciplinary um, issues where um, constant late-coming learners um, just flaunting the rules of the school where maybe the um, attire is con- con- concerned. Uh, we spoke about hair issues, um, and if it is in the code of conduct what parents um, have signed on and um, that have agreed to, and constantly the learners are still flouting this, um, then obviously it's not an issue that the teacher in the classroom will need to sort out. This issue is now escalated to um, the head of department, and if it's still not um, mm. uh, resolved, that's when myself as the, the head of, um, of discipline uh, with the help of Sheryl Jardim, who um, uh, in this case would uh, be the, um, the Islamic guidance from the, the imam to be in, involved because it is all, as a high school, um, we would sit and then we would call in the respective learners and we call in the respective parents and we'll try and amicably resolve the issue. Alhamdulillah, I must say um, in the same breath, that um, 99% of the issues were resolved amicably because I believe it's not what you say, Yazid, it's how you say it. And I Mm. think um, coming from um, a background being uh, educated at um, the College of Education, many people, um, you know, they they just throw it out of the window. But um, having made contact with the classroom from the first, few months going into teaching help tremendously to try and um, uh, assist you as the, the teacher to deal with various issues. I do feel that it's a, a different um, learner that um, we are dealing with and we have to go with the times. We have to know that before um, the telecom um, phone at home, that was the closest we'd get to making contact with, with somebody at any time. Um, not of the day, but we know at a certain time we could make contact with But the cell phone has allowed that you are can, you can be in constant contact with anybody at any given time. Um, anybody who um, in this business world or in life who, who says that the cell phone is not important, I think they're lying because we have to say that okay. um, it's mm-hmm. become part of, 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 of life. Yeah. But I think that the school situation is concerned, um, there are uh, there should be specific guidelines. School is school. Um, a phone can become a walking a com- a laptop and computer in a compact form. Yes, I agree with that. 
But if the school code of, uh, of conduct and policy says that cell phones are not allowed because the school has the availability of a computer room with laptops and um, internet connectivity, then you, then you don't need your, your cell phone. And that's where many other people uh, um, file as well, where learners are taking their phones without the parents' um, uh, knowledge. And it does cause pro- problems because um, how okay. that video okay. have leaked? Look, I have to ask you. I have to ask you a question regarding the impact of having uh, a head of discipline who looks at, um, you know, incidents. And I want to know if that impacted or improved the teaching, if it impacted the teacher's ability to deal with confrontation, with conflict. You know, it sounds like teachers maybe need to also get training even in conflict management. 100% Yazid. I think at at the beginning I was a bit... um, you know, having been having worked over the last twenty odd years with learners with with different um, uh, uh, issues and problems, be it outside of school as well as inside, because that's how we we, we used to roll at them. For example, Rockland's I, where I spent most of my teaching career, and you had to be guidance uh, guidance counselors and teachers ahead of of discipline. Um, for me, from what I've seen uh, in in the experience that I've had took a lot of weight off the, the shoulders of the educators. They knew there was somebody uh, or, or a committee that they could approach and they could see what the, the, the problem was and then honestly hand over a report which is very important because they can't just be an allegation and there's no evidence that, that assists in, in the whole issue and that I yeah. think helped a lot where we had to educate the teachers that you know, any little silly um, uh, issue cannot just be brought forward. There must be a, a type of paper trend. And I think this is where um, many of the, the issues fall through the cracks because it is taxing on educators to keep a paper trail on it besides the workload that they have. But be that as it may, yeah. um, it allowed me to get to know the learners on a different level because I tried to get them involved in extramural activities that um, I was involved in. Let's take in. a break. Let's take an ad break. And then let's take the conversation forward and talk about interventions with all our guests on how schools can turn around you know I mean it's tough it sounds tough it sounds like schools need to get bodyguards for teachers almost that's how it sounds or it sounds like teachers need yeah like war zone training but let's also look at some of the interventions that schools may have and we've got lots of whatsapps to also read let's go for a break So it's Burning Issue with your host, Yazid Kamaldin. This evening we are looking at discipline in the classroom. And of course, it is sparked by an incident that we saw recently going uh, quite, gaining quite a lot of traction on social media and in the news. Um, it was where a teacher slapped a learner in the face at a local school. Now, um, usually when people try to solve a problem, they first admit that there's a problem. <laughs> and, you know, maybe should parents come to the party and admit that maybe their children are part of the problem what do you guys think um i think i think that parents need to acknowledge not and it's not parents only everyone needs to acknowledge that in order to find solutions there needs to be a platform a platform for listening a platform for understanding and a platform to see things from the other side i think that parents all parents believe that their children are angels and many of them are not um, all teachers probably believe that this, the best teachers out there without recognizing that they may have flaws of their own. So I think that once you create the environment for, for listening and for, for understanding the situation that you, that you have on both sides, that, that trust can be revolved, which is part of the relationship that is required to engage in learning. Cool. And in Let's education. also hear from the others, because this is like one question, parents' role, mm-hmm. admitting that the children are part of the problem. Mr. Tabisha, what do you think? We have two other guests on the line as well. Uh, let me just put two little sayings, aphorisms in place. One, it takes a village to rear a child. Two, we're talking about incidents that have happened and then reaction 
and act reaction, uh, a, a remedial reaction. I think if you only have a hammer, if the hammer is the only tool you have, then all problems will look like nails. So what we need to do is to separate the teacher who tries with teaching styles to get to the child. We must also remember that the child has different learning modalities. And that is where the, my, my colleague in, 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 the, in, in the studio, Muat, has got his finger right on the right on the right place we must start at the beginning of the nuclear family and have a synchronicity that goes right through the school up to grade 12 where the parent has a part as a non-certificated but a definite teacher an educator the 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 faith-based based agencies which are not used properly the sports-based agencies and 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 creative and and we've got to look there and, and as my friend uh, uh, said correctly, let's get all the role players on board. Okay, cool. Let's go to the people who are in the front line still. Alison, um, how do you engage with parents as part of a solution? Uh, we, 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 we try to workshop them with regards to the code of conduct. And we also, you know, sometimes it's difficult to try to, to establish a, a school-wide behavior, a support system, you know, where, where everybody involved. Because if we look at discipline at school, it's, it's, everybody just speaks about about the learner, uh, uh, the, you know, the learner is the rights are being infringed on. But what the, the reality is, is it's, the same is happening with the teachers and often and teachers not often most of the time teachers feel that they there are no support for them and that's the reality at our school because and i'm going to say it very bluntly now we have kids at school that come up to the teacher and say your master Whoa. what do you do with that infant what do you what do you as a teacher do you you can go to the police station you can make a case but nothing is going to happen so when you engage those, with parents don't they respond head. positively when you engage with parents when you say hey listen your child is rude Yes, but now the parent comes, and, and, and I'm not trying to be to be difficult, but those are the realities, and those are the our scenarios that, that happen in school every day. And when the parents come to school, and then the first thing that they say, that's not my child. My child will never say a thing like that. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. they will they they not they don't play a supportive role. They don't try they don't try to work with the school to to, to get a solution. You say it with me, but but but, but um, to come to come back to your question of, of what you said, you said with, uh, that what are we going to do with you know with intervention, especially is, is that I was just um, this afternoon um, sitting with our school code of conduct and and I noted a few things. You know, we should start developing more um, supportive relationships with our students. You know, and and if st- students are um, of state that if if we if we set high expectations for them, you know, if we keep them busy, if they know what is expected of them um, with, with regards to their education at school, and then, then we should provide those opportunities for those learners to, to participate in those um, structures and also to contribute. And because um, we need to provide growth opportunities for these students as well. And, and we, I mean, we can, we can do all those things, we can put all the structures in place and I'm all for that. Make no mistake about it. I'm all for positive reinforcement and positive change behavior. But the, what about the teacher at school that feels? I mean, I, I get teachers that come to me in my in my office crying, and then they say, "Was was a great fool learner who, who said to the teacher, your master or your pastor, whatever." Then the teacher tells me, "In February, I want to quit teaching." When are Surely we gonna, that child gonna, should be learned. Are, how are we yeah. going to find? Uh, you know, a bridge between oh, how are we going to solve it? Because those are the realities that happen at school. Yeah. Look, I yeah. mean, I just want to acknowledge some of the messages, like tons of messages coming through. Listener 5687 says, teachers do get trained. It's parents who should teach ch- children respect and teachers yeah okay that's the gist of that I'm, there's a lot of negative messages as well i'm gonna i want to acknowledge just acknowledge the messages but i don't want this to become like just one long complaint line either listener 0115 says yes back when i was at school i experienced violence discrimination and religious hatred from the vice principal so therefore violence against learners should also not be tolerated 
Neither should violence or ill discipline by students against educators. So that's giving it from a, a perspective of someone who was at school and had a bad experience with a teacher. So listener 7912 says, I absolutely love what Mr. Tabisha is saying. Children need to understand that there is a reason they are coming to school. They are there to learn. They need to allow teachers to do their job. Reverting to what Mr. Tabisha said, the problem stems from childhood. The first one to two years are so important because what you allow and teach your children in that time will form the foundation of their demeanor. Listener 2132 says, okay, I'm not getting the gist of that. Thank you for your previous messages as well. We have acknowledged it and read it out. Listener 3940 says, education is out of control. Parenting is out of control. Schools have become an overcrowded dumping ground and the department just wants to throw policy at us without providing solutions. And now here's a person, I don't know, listener 0796, you are saying, who is the person who spoke on the radio and what is his contact number? We don't know who you're talking about. I mean, there are four men speaking on the radio. Um, do you, you can be more specific, please. And listener 5630 says, At Al Azhar, the kids are fined 250 rand for the return of these cell phones if they use it in a classroom okay and that is a deterrent and now they don't bring the cell phones into the classroom they don't use the cell phone in the classroom okay that's a, a positive intervention um let's look at listener 2093 saying some of the parents are just rude listener 6673 says my daughter was in grade one last year at a Muslim school, her classmates wrote the F word to the swore the F word to the principal. When the parents were called in, the parents said, "Oh, but that's how she speaks at home." Listener five six eight seven has said that teachers do get trained to work with psychological behavior. Parents should teach the children good norms and values. Okay. Okay, this is really, there's a lot of messages, okay? Um, Mr. Tabisher, you also have a fan club, clearly. Listener 0685 says, Mr. Tabisher is a veteran, an amazing teacher, principal, and lecturer. Lots of fans there, Mr. Tabisher. So guys, interventions and how to deal with the violence that happens at schools. I know this is a big ask. It's a big question. Um, I wish we had somebody from the department on as well to give us their take. Um, but, you know, what's very important to know is, or to understand rather, is both perspectives, that of the learner and of the teacher, right? Um, in your school, Alison, do you have like a, 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 a code of conduct that you teach children from the minute they step over onto the border of the school? How does it work? And our, our first line um, of intervention is, is our detention classes. And then we have uh, what a color-coded system where the kids get, you know, um, first a, a, white, a white letter, then a gray letter, then an orange letter. Uh, um, the, white, the white and the gray letter, uh, the teacher or class teacher will give after, um, you know, um, the child did something. And then um, the, the orange letter comes from the, the disciplinary coordinator and where we invite the parent to a disciplinary meeting so that we can find solution to the concerns and to the problems. And after the still um, persist, then it gets a green letter from the deputy. And if it still goes on, a red letter from, from the principal, and then it's referred to, to the governing body. And, and you know, it, it, uh, for me, like the color-coded letters on a school work, because I, I had a, a, a foundation for his boy in my class, in my office this morning, when he came in, somebody through somebody with a brick and the first thing he said to me is please don't give me a red letter please don't give me a red letter but but what i'm saying is we need to the first year that we started with this we need to find ways of you know of how to intervene and and if it works it works if it doesn't work to to go on to something to something else but we have uh, um in our code if the kids come to school from the minute they set foot on school they know exactly what they can and what they cannot do. Okay. And sometimes with a code of conduct and also, but sometimes the interpretation 
of, of the code of conduct. Yeah. Uh, Alison, we, we, we want to thank you for your time. I mean, I just also want to say that I'm not a teacher and I'm so glad yeah. I'm not a teacher because just listening yeah. to all of this is traumatizing. I'm not even yeah, joking. Yeah. I'm yeah. sitting yeah. and I, I feel say, traumatized. Can I just say one, one thing from the PPA side is our stance is that every opportunity to educate learners must get priority. That, that, that is bottom line. Okay. Um, Alison, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to go for an ad break, yes. then we'll get um, somebody else on the line also from Satu, and then we'll wrap up shortly with Irfan. Irfan, you still with us? Uh, yes, yes. Okay, I fantastic. Am. We'll go for an ad break, and then we'll bring you on as well. Irfan Abrams, you were part of a, or you were rather, the head of discipline at Al-Azhar High School. When it comes to sort of the whole code of conduct, did you inform learners about this when they joined the school? I mean, are schools doing enough to ensure that learners know, okay, this is the school, these are the rules? Um, 110% Yazid, um, every single learner um, gets a, um updated copy of the Code of Conduct. Um, educators, obviously, they sit um, and if there are any amendments that they need to make with the Code of Conduct from the previous year or the year before, that is done and it's uh, redone. And then every single learner, especially Grade 8, when they get into the school, they get the Code of Conduct. Learners even get a copy of the Code of Conduct so that they can can also um, familiarize with them with the do's and don'ts of the of the schools. So um, if you want to throw the book at the parents and you want to be very technical and then the schools are covered by the code of conduct, um, people will try and nitpick and look for loopholes around that, Yazid. But I think, um, you know, if you, uh, I, I do believe that um, positivity and um, the way you deal with issues will also um, assist in in whatever issues you might have in the, in the school, and there are real issues. Something that we that we need to also speak about, Yazid, is that um, things that have changed drastically in the makeup of the schools and the, the social uh, communities where the learners find themselves. I can you can count on your one hand. Um, how many um, functioning families there are. And when I say functioning families, mom, dad, um, kids, and, um, you know, the what we would call the ideal family. The reality is that there are so many single parents around. And um, when parents come to you, Yazid, uh, when you call them in for, for serious issues, and um, they're sitting there and they ask you, Mr. Abrams, how, how can you help me? I need help. So when parents are looking for help, can you understand now the, 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 the situation we find ourselves in at schools where teachers and um, uh, those who take care of the learners are, are in a situation where they need to, to, to help solve domestic issues as well? And that's a reality. It's, it's more now than, than, than ever before. We need to look around what is happening around us. You know, the work, um, employment, um, unemployment, uh, those are real issues. It's always been there, but it's just on another level. And that uh, adds to so much stress that the learners play out at school doesn't give them the right, but that's just the reality how it is. Many of the learners, in speaking to them as it, open up and you can feel that, um, you know, these are, are kids that, that just want to feel wanted. I'm not saying that they're all angels, but some of them are victims of circumstance. And um, I do feel that getting to know the learners and the families on on another level um, is very important um, in in that as best as you can. But in reality, if you have schools of 1,600, 1,800 learners, it's not always um, you know, uh, easy to do something like that. But I do feel that there are two things that's very important with the similar learners concern. Consistency, um, and I'm going to say it in, in a tal but on self-esteem, manifest and flesh market. Don't um, enforce um, a, 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 a rule or enforce 
um, a certain policy on a certain learners and others who or in, in, um, might know principle or in, in, there's no consistency, that's when you're going to find issues that are going to develop. But personally, I just feel that, um, you know, um, I'm going to stick to it and say it's, it's sometimes not, not, not what you say, but how you say it, and it can still be effective. And I do feel that teachers still play an integral and important part in every learner's life. And I think um, the word trust is very important. As soon as a learner, no matter where you teach, and Alhamdulillah, most of my career was in Mitchell's Plain, absolutely nothing wrong with Mitchell's Plain, but learners from impoverished areas, if they get to trust, the the educator and they know the educators fair as well. You know what? Any learner will 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 try and tell the line as best as possible where because they have put the trust in that educator. Mm-hmm. Irfan Shukran so much for sharing your views on burning issue. Um it's really appreciated. We're gonna let you go for now. Um <laughs> yeah, Shukran so much. Alhamdulillah, and um, to all the educators, strong, and on a more humorous note, all educators must know that Allah will guarantee them Jannah because, you know, the punishment they get on earth, they will not be punished in the Akhirah, so they guarantee Jannah, inshallah. Whoa, you're making big assumptions, but shukran, shukran. <laughs> that was Irfan Abrams, and of course, he used to work at Al Azhar High School as the head of discipline. Um, we're going to go to some more WhatsApps before we take an ad break, and then we'll welcome somebody on from the trade South African uh, Trade Union for Teachers. Um, anyway, so yeah, WhatsApp messages. Shukran for our listeners for, of course, staying uh, you know on the ball with us here. You just remind you the WhatsApp number is 072-238-0712. That is 072-238-0712. You can also give us a phone call. Call us live on air. The number is 021-442-3530. Listener 0098 says violence at schools must stop and this listener adds an exclamation mark so they really mean it right and the word stop is like in bold big letters violence at schools must stop because schooling grounds is not your flats ground school grounds is a place where obedience is taught finish and clear shukran very specific message there listener 0511 says my daughter was at gardens commercial 12 years ago whatever was taken from them at school they could only buy it back at the end of the term. So that's probably in response to the whole thing about mobile phones, cell phones being used in the classroom. So confiscate the phone. Of course, I do think that some learners probably carry a cell phone in case their parents, I don't know, maybe their parents need to fetch them at school and they need to be in contact, but maybe then switch the phone off. Put it in your bag and switch it back on, I guess, after school hours. Do we have our next guest? Okay, well, let's go for a break and then we'll welcome our next guest to the show. We now welcome Jonathan Rustin and he is a Western Cape spokesperson of the Teachers Union. Jonathan, good evening. Welcome to Burning Issue. Uh, good evening. Uh, thank you for the invitation to be on your show tonight. Yeah. What did the union make of the incident at San Susi where a teacher slapped a learner in the face? Uh, well, let's um, start by saying that uh, uh, we have studied the video that was uh, posted on, on social media. Now, what makes it very difficult for us is that uh, we don't know what happened before the, the, the other learner or ever recorded the video. We don't know what happened uh, before that uh, until the slap had taken place. But uh, when we brought out our official statement, we had said that in our view, uh, both the, the conduct of the teacher plus the learner was not acceptable uh, within the uh, classroom uh, environment. Uh, but as I said, we don't know what happened preceded that uh, particular incident before the video was But is, it, is, is that even relevant? Isn't the point a teacher smacked a learner? Isn't that the point? Oh, that, that is one aspect of it. Let's, so uh, are the other aspects between, meant to justify yeah, the smack? Yeah. 
No, no, no. I think okay. you're misinterpreting it. Like, give me a chance. Okay. Uh, let's separate the conduct of the learner and the conduct of the educator. But let's take the learner first, okay? What we have seen is that the learner had been ultimately defiant of uh, uh, the, the teacher in the class, okay? Um, the learner had, uh, from what we've seen, uh, had pushed the test towards the teacher. The learner had, um, in instances, backchatted the teacher in the class as the teacher was reprimanding the learner. Uh, the learner uh, had a cell phone, which was against the, the policy of the school, the code of conduct. Okay? Uh, and then the, at the end, uh, what we've seen is that the learner had somehow knocked the teacher with the shoulder in an attempt to get the cell phone back. That's the learner's conduct. From the teacher's point of view, okay, so it's conduct, we think that the way in which the teacher handled the situation in the class wasn't appropriate. Uh, it started with the incident of uh, reprimanding a learner with regard to uh, not having a book there. It escalated to the um, um, uh, the cell phone incident. Uh, the teacher had uh, become very emotional during a particular stage to the extent that the learner uh, pushed the test back, mocked the teacher, and the teacher smacked. So what he's saying is that the teacher's conduct was incorrect. We, I mean, we have the opinion that in such a situation, we need to have emotional intelligence of an adult, and the adult should have stepped away in that particular instance. The slap was uh, a form of misconduct against uh, from the teacher's side. But we must also not uh, just look at one side of the picture, we also look at the conduct of the educators, because on a daily basis, I can tell you this, that our teachers are abused uh, in class, all that stuff, at uh, insulted, smacked, uh, assaulted. Um, so, therefore, it is not a one-sided view. The smack was incorrect, but the learner's conduct was also incorrect. Okay. Okay. And um, we believe that, a, and you know, the learner and the teacher have both laid counter charges of assault against each other. Well, that, that has to be uh, adjudicated by uh, the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of what happened, we can't give uh, a comment. Yeah, for sure. In now, general, we've, mm-hmm. in, yeah, in general, Sato does not really want to discuss teacher conduct uh, on a, um, in a in a media forum. Unfortunately, since Susie incident has become a really topical and viral issue, mm-hmm. because uh, the teacher needs to have a fair due process uh, in terms of the Labour Relations Act where there needs to be evidence led around her particular conduct, as well as the learner needs to be uh, subjected to a process by the school governing body. So therefore, those entities will, will discuss the, the final details of what happened in the class, need to adjudicate. So it's difficult to want to force and blame. But what we've seen from the video, uh, we, I mean, we have clear opinion that both parties acted the Okay, let me, the last question before I go to my other guests. What has this kind of highlighted for you, the union? Does it mean that you need to start working with teachers with better c- to build conflict management skills? Or w- what will the union do? Well, I think that let's get a balanced perspective. We think that the parents need to play an important role to ensure that their learners are taught the values of respect, tolerance, nonviolence in their class. From the teacher perspective, we need to look at how do we deal with conflict situations? How do we, as adults, use emotional intelligence to know when we have to step back out of a situation of conflict? We also know that, of course, if you step out of the uh, incident of conflict in your handle properly, it undermines your authority in the classroom for the rest of your teaching career in that particular year. But I think the teacher needs to have clear uh, classroom management skills uh, to be uh, brought about uh, to the educator. But likewise, learners have to be, uh, be told from home that we need to respect adults, we need to uh, behave in a particular way. And of course, number one, you must come to school prepared uh, in terms of what you do within the classroom. Okay. Maath, do you want to add 
Anything? Yeah, um, this is uh, related specifically now to the San Susi incident, and I know that uh, uh, Jonathan and I are, are old friends, but there's, a, there's something that, that I think is, is quite important for the listeners to understand. Um, Jonathan mentioned that there's due process for the, for the, um, for the teacher, so we, we mustn't get into speculation because that process has to go through whatever legal process it has. What the school is now doing and what WCD is currently doing, <coughs> and last week was a disciplinary hearing of the student at, at San Susi. It was convened by the SGB and they appointed a magistrate uh, to basically to come down on them. She was represented by a body of it's called the Chamber of Legal Students. There are legal students at University and the National. And they were an uh, ad- attorney uh, by the name of Ashraf uh, Muhammad, who is well known in the community as a legal rights uh, lawyer. But what they essentially looked like they were doing is trying to marginalize this student not by giving her due process, her uh, uh, suspension has now been extended. So she's now being even further victimized, as already being a victim at, at, at one level. Uh, she was supposed to return to school on Monday. Uh, suspension, WCD sent them notification that the suspension has now been extended, which means that she's now going to be behind the eight ball even further in terms of uh, not being able to attend classes and so on. So there's, there seems to be an attempt by either the SGB of San Susi or the WCD because the child has been labeled as a problem child to get rid of the child out of that school because this remember that this school is considered or even by the premier that this is an elite school so we can't have any kind of ruffling of the feathers this this stuff happens on a day-to-day basis in 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 our in our uh, poorer communities but because this happened at San Susi, A, it became viral. And number two, that now the WCD has gotten involved in this and they, they're trying to, to railroad the child. And we must be very vigilant at the end of the day. There must be due process for the student, but as there is due process for the educator. And in this particular instance, the WCD has taken a very, it appears that they've taken a dumb view that there is already bias and they're stacking the deck against the student in favor of the learner. And the union, which is, I believe it is Naptosa, who represents this, uh, what's it? The counter charge that was laid, the teacher actually has, in my, in our view, and I'm not a legal expert, but in our view that the, that the teacher has very little standing of laying a counter assault charge, I mean, she was the one that committed the act of violence. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll watch the outcome of that. Mr. Tabisha, you want to say something? Yes. Uh, uh, we, we, we have to wrap up, by the way. Yeah. We have like 30 seconds to wrap up because uh, it's Maghrib. It's prayer time. Okay, I, I just need to make very clear one thing, and that is that by definition, a child is a child and not an adult. And number two, I think that we need to redefine the whole issue of teacher training at the spaces where teachers are trained and also the kind of position the teacher holds in the education Thanks, system. Thanks, Mr. Tabisha. Thank you. Look, guys, it's a tough question. It's something that's ongoing. There's no easy solution. At Burning Issue, every week we try and raise a community issue and we try to talk solutions. So, you know, we'll be keeping track of this. We'll be looking at what other incidents happen and it shouldn't just be the negative things, of course, that we talk about within the education system. So, from myself, Yazid Kamaldi, shukran for listening. I'll be back next week. Assalamu alaikum.